You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. If all of a sudden I hear of just one, one kid playing the accordion because of the To and Out CFL Podcast, I will have done my job. We will know that we have made a difference. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No doubt about it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like... <laughs> You're like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hut. I just caught myself doing air guitar to that theme song. So we got to give a shout out to Artificial Lift, the band uh, based out of, I guess, Lloyd Minster. Trent Block Hansen is the lead vocalist, the lead guitarist, hell of a guitar player, and a great band. So if you're in the Saskatchewan, Alberta area, look up Artificial Lift, check out their tunes, and maybe catch a show near you. It's episode 82 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty. I guess we do need to start the show off with how much the world just plain old sucks it started on saturday we were at the eskimos game and ended up actually getting a text from fraser telling us about the situation that was happening outside the stadium and man i i do have to say they didn't make an announcement in the stadium with what had happened and maybe maybe you're not from Canada or Alberta and you don't know what happened, but a block away from Commonwealth Stadium, a uh, police officer just doing traffic duty for the football game got hit with a car. Uh, the driver got out, stabbed him, and took off. And, and anyway, later that night, this same person got into a moving truck and tried to and did run over people downtown Edmonton on Jasper Avenue. Uh, Four people were hurt, five including the police officer. So I was downtown when the chase came to an end. We were at the game when Constable Mike Chernick was uh, attacked. And, man, uh, they didn't make an announcement in stadium. I'm kind of glad they didn't. I think it would make everybody panic a little bit. Transit was affected a little bit for the public buses and things like that but i'd say probably three quarters of the people in the stadium had no idea because they either weren't on twitter don't use twitter and i mean that's how news really travels fast these days i i totally agree with the whole premise of them not announcing that in stadium because you're just going to create widespread panic yeah um but maybe as people are leaving the stadium like there should have been, I would think, some internal discussion. Um, you know, the amount of police that were outside on the east side, I've never seen a presence like that before yeah. leaving a game. Um, you know, it could be a little overwhelming, and you got a bunch of people coming out and maybe just give them a heads up that stuff might be affected if they're not on social media. But I totally get it that if you announce that in stadium, you're going to have people, like, you're going to be idiots. They're, they're going to panic and... You know, you're just going to create bigger problems for the police trying to do their job. 
I know uh, people want us to stick to sports. We don't do okay with that on the best of days anyway. But, uh, man, I, I could not sleep Saturday or Sunday. It, it's just I, I, I didn't think this would happen in Canada. And then the scale just got even worse. The attacks in the attack in Las Vegas during the music festival there. Uh, wow, nearly 60 people are dead. Uh, I guess 600 almost injured. I I don't even know what to say. The world is a crappy place. We live in a time where even in Winnipeg, they're setting up concrete barriers in case somebody wanted to do an attack at Investors Group Field. It's a scary time right now, uh, my friend, but uh, thoughts are, are out there with anybody that has been affected by any of these tragedies. And it's been a crappy few days. I, I'm just excited to get back into uh, the, the swing of things. Some people might not be able to do that, and I, I totally get that. But this is uh, a distraction for me. Hopefully it's a distraction for you, and time's can get better there's some really positive discussion going on right now as far as i'm not going to get political or anything like that but hopefully things can change for the better uh, let's get to some football talk in the huddle with fraser and Kura on the two it out podcast now this came out last week about i don't know 10 minutes after we put out the podcast, we found out why Bear Woods was released, and the reason is absolutely embarrassing, I think. The, the Alouettes tweeted out a picture of practice on day one. Everybody saw it. So he wasn't the only one that, that did anything. Somebody posted a picture on Twitter from training camp with them in pads on day one. Every, everybody saw it. Like the fact that he got—if this is the real reason that he was released—Cavis Reed needs to lose his job. Yeah, it, I don't know if it is real. Bear Woods, of course, was the CFLPA player rep in Montreal. They had, as Ty said, padded practices the first day of training camp. That is a violation of the collective bargaining agreement. So then they let him go, and. <laughs> People were wondering, like, is this salary? It's clearly not performance-related. He's having a hell of a year with the Argos, so they're thankful Montreal did it. But that franchise, the more that comes out about it, the bigger of a joke I think they are. They released a guy for doing his job. Yeah! Like, are you kidding me right now? I don't, like, oh, it's... It's almost like a wrongful termination suit at this point. He reports you because it is an unsafe work environment. You're you are breaching contract, and so the way you fix that is just well, sweep it under the rug, get rid of them. We won't have to worry about it. Like no wonder this team is where it's at with management like this right now. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. Like I, I don't get it. I, it it just it's so stupid. People thought Hamilton was the joke of the league. Now they've they've played some all right football. I mean, three of their last five, they're they're competitive out there now. I think we're past the Art Brile situation. 
Uh, they're probably going to trade Zach Caleros in the offseason. They'll probably have Johnny Football next year, but they did trade one of their longtime veterans to Edmonton for two Neglis players. And uh, it just confirms Tillman's got a thing for this Neglis, man. He just absolutely loves just stashing guys on his Neglis. But. I just think they got younger and cheaper. Alex Green showed what, it, showed what he could do two weeks ago, had the 140 yards. And I think Gable never really got the fairest shake in Hamilton. They never gave him as many touches as he has deserved. But look what they've done since Labor Day. They've started running the ball, and they've started competing and playing really well. Actually, the running backs have kind of made a return over the last three weeks or so in the Canadian Football League, but everybody slammed um, Hamilton's young offensive line. Well, you start running the ball, get these guys involved in it, and look at that. They're starting to look a little bit better. Get an offensive line involved by running the ball. Ottawa did it against Saskatchewan. They were very banged up last week, but they ran the ball down the Rough Riders' throat, and that offensive line suddenly didn't look as bad as it maybe did on paper before the game. When you can get your offensive line to hit guys instead of getting hit, they like that. They're going to be they're <laughs> going to be way more involved in the game. They're going to be more invested. Uh you get Beat the you get the hell beat out of you for sixty minutes in a football game because all you do is drop back and pass. You guys are going to be gassed and they're not going to be able to to block for the run when you need to do it. Mm-hmm. You need to establish a run early, and that granted, it's still a lot of physical, it's a lot of physicality to to run block. But you're the one that's initiating. You're not the one getting beat up. It's it's almost like a rest for these guys, and they get to have fun doing it because they get to hit people. Um, and if you don't have your O-line invested, it's really hard to win football games. We're going to talk about this uh, later when we talk about the games from last week, but the league has admitted they blew a replay call in the Tiger Cats' loss to Toronto, and this is, I guess, a case of deja vu for the Tabbies. They, they've kind of gotten the short end of the stick the last little while here, and it kind of wonders, like, is this the fix? You know, them trying to help <laughs> the Argos. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like the fix. I like conspiracy theories, but that... Oh, weird. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that pass interference that was called on Damon Washington in the third quarter on SJ Green was absolutely it, insane. That's That's embarrassing for the league. That if that's pass interference, then there's pass interference on every single play. There is. The, you, you can say there's holding on every play, and there is, but you can't call everything, or else it's just going to be a ten yard, ten yard drive backwards for the offense. So you have to let stuff go. If you're going to call that little ticky tacky bump, if anything, if anything, that's illegal contact. Yeah, if. exactly. I I could if. maybe see it. Being a legal contact. Now that I've watched it about 450 times, I can maybe see that. But yeah, even then, it's ticky-tacky. If if that is what prevented him from catching the ball, then he obviously gave up on the play way too early, and I don't think S.J. Green did. Yeah. So for that to be called pass interference, that that's a bad look. And obviously there's something wrong with the review system, which we we've been talking about for the last five straight weeks. A a review is either not done or the call is missed and 
there's no nothing happened. Like the CFL can admit that yeah they blew a call. What good does that do for the Tie Cats after they lose the football game? Like yeah, great, great, thanks. I don't like, even what, know why do do you that? would admit the call. I wouldn't be announcing it. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, what wh- what do we get? An extra point in the standings? An, an asterisk next to the game? It, it doesn't make any sense. Why? No, and it, you, just you see it in it. baseball. The manager will come out and play a game under protest. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And nothing ever happens with it. No, but it's because of a call that you know goes or an injection or something that happens where it's like, hey, no, this is absolute bull crap. And the fact it wasn't called in the field, or was it? No, no it, it was challenged. It was a it challenge for Tressman. Like, are you? It wasn't called in the field because it obviously wasn't obvious enough to be seen. And even if you did see, you can't call that on the field. That's a hand check, if anything, and it's so close to the line of scrimmage. It doesn't affect his ability to run his route, maybe by half a step. It doesn't affect his ability to catch the ball. That ball was overthrown. I mean, Green did have to sidestep Washington to kind of avoid him, and but you got to give Washington the space to turn and run with him too. And I don't know how far. I yeah. haven't seen a side a side view to know how if it was past that five yards. If it's only in the five yard zone, then it doesn't matter. But I mean, if it's at six and seven, I don't know how you call pass interference. Yeah, either way, it was a tough one again for Hamilton, and we'll talk about it in the game. The Argos do make a signing; they sign Khalil Bass. It, it, interesting here. I thought this guy was a good player. <laughs> uh, the Bombers were without Ian Wild. Uh, I guess he's starting to return to practice. I thought maybe they would bring him back. They didn't. Ottawa let him go. Uh, Bass, is he likes to do the downhill running, not so much the coverage stuff, and that's what Ottawa had him doing, so it didn't work out there. I wondered if he would show up in Edmonton, but no, no, now he's in Toronto, and I think Chamberlain's good enough to uh, find something for Khalil Bass to work for the Argonauts. Trevor Harris is back at practice for Ottawa, taking first-team reps, and practice for Saskatchewan. Chad Owens was at practice. It looks like Trent Richardson will make his debut against Toronto this week. And this one surprised me. He was on the six-game injured list last week. Naaman Roosevelt returned to practice this week. Wow. Like... After after that Calgary game, I didn't think he was coming back for a while. And obviously he's on the six-game injured list, and that's I think it's strictly for salary reasons Yeah, yeah. right now. Um, I don't know if they could pull him off, or I wouldn't. Um, Chad Owens being at practice, it's about frickin' time. <laughs> Man. Like that, that's one of the most disappointing signings. Of the year, if not the most disappointing, if you're not a Montreal fan. Um, and Trent Richardson, I mean, with Cam Marshall out, he's got to get he's got to get in this lineup and see what he can do. So now, some interesting words here. I guess at the beginning of the year, everybody kind of thought BC would compete for first or second in the West, us included. Yes, right now they're sitting at last. Um. And it was thought before the season that Wally Buono would ride off into the sunset after this season. Well, now it seems like he's kind of left the door open 
for a return. If you're a betting man, and I know you are. I don't know what. No, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Is Wally Buono going to lead the BC Lions football club into next season? Yes. Of course he is. He's not going to go out in last place and retire. His pride won't let him. He's going to do something with that offensive line so that Jennings can get the ball to arguably the best receiving core in this league, and he's going to hope to make the playoffs and make a push for his final year. There's no way he goes out as a last place head coach. I I don't see it. I, I wouldn't. It's just embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's interesting because would you? I wouldn't want to. Exactly. It's it leaves a sour taste in your mouth, right? But it is interesting because they have a, in David Brelly wants to sell the team, and I don't know if that's a factor. He's wanted to sell the team for ten years. Yeah. So the thing is, though, if he if he does sell. Are the new owners going to want to keep Bono around if he's able to sell the team? Because he's not one of their guys, but hopefully they're smart enough to know that in this league, it doesn't get much better than Wally. So that could come into it too. Wally gets it too. He he's not. He gets it with the media. He gets it with. Mm-hmm. You, you'd think if anybody didn't like the wired, the mic'd up from last year, it would be a guy like Wally, but. From it looked like he had no issues with it because he gets it. It's about the fans. It's about growing the game in Vancouver and in Canada. And he's a good guy. It's just almost the wrong time for a new owner, I think, to come in with <laughs> Wally on his way out. So we'll we'll see if he's still there next season. Uh, I don't I don't know if you saw the story that was in the Ottawa Citizen on Saturday, but Jonathan Hefney played for the Bombers, played for the Alouettes. We last saw him in October of 2015 when Patrick Lavoie of the Ottawa Red Blacks ran him over. Hefney, of course, a DB, must be, I don't know, 185 pounds. Lavoie, 240, fullback, big boy. Hefney, and he admitted it, made a mistake. Instead of going low on the tackle, he just went in for the big hit. Lavoie put his head down and seriously injured him. He ended up breaking a few vertebrae in his neck. He had to have surgery, but now he needs another surgery. Here's the thing. That first surgery cost $90,000. Health insurance covered a lot of it. The Alouettes covered a lot of it. But now their coverage runs out after one year. He doesn't have the use of his right hand. He can't eat with it. He can't write with it. He needs another surgery to take a nerve from his trap to put it somewhere else in his arm to get it working just like it used to before the injury. Well, the Owls don't owe him anything anymore. They don't have to cover him. This happens with hockey players, too. It's actually a thing in Canada, a workplace accident for professional athlete basically doesn't count because pro sports in Canada doesn't really count as a real job. It's why some players for the Eskimos, Odell Willis, Adarius Bowman, they're struggling getting their Canadian citizenship because I'm a football player doesn't really come off as a real job. So 
he's left here trying to raise $80,000 to get this second surgery. He has started a GoFundMe page. If you go on Twitter, at 2NOutCFL, we did retweet it a few days ago. You can find Jonathan Hefney as well. I know a lot of people have reached out to help him, but the policy does need to change. I don't blame the Alouettes on this one because it's all that they had to do to do it, you know, for uh, a year after it. But something needs to change there to take care of these guys that get hurt playing the game in Canada. They should be allowed to get healthy if their career ends this way. Well, not only that, but I think it's more on the league to maybe step up and do something. You see it in the States with the class action lawsuits and everything with the CTE and stuff, um, you know, guys retire and they have nothing and, and they go bankrupt because of their medical bills. Um, it's just one of those things. And, and the team is like, well, we did, we did all we had to do. Um, these guys lit it. Any play can end your career and completely ruin your life. As we see with Jonathan Hefney, and for what these guys are getting paid, um, you know, the medical side of it needs to change for sure. Whether or not it's the team maybe have to be on the hook for a little longer or if the league has to step up and do something after the team insurance runs out. Um, these guys, You need to take care of your players because you don't want a situation like you have in the U.S. right now with that class action lawsuit because this league will go bankrupt if that happens. Now, before we get to the games, I guess a bit of a happy news story here. James Wilder Jr. has been lighting it up for the Toronto Argonauts, and he's going to put it to good use, the yards he's getting. He's donating $1 per yard and $100 per touchdown in the month of October to help find a cure for breast cancer. Big thumbs up to James Wilder Jr., but he's also got some of his friends in on the fun as well. Martise Jackson is going to donate a dollar from every return yard he gets. And if you can't tell, he's in the triple digits just about every game. So that's going to add up. He's also got his NFL friends in on the fun. Devontae Freeman of the Falcons, Melvin Gordon of the Chargers, Chris Thompson of the Redskins, and Todd Gurley of the Rams are doing it as well. So thumbs up to James Wilder for getting in on this initiative for the month of October to raise money for breast cancer research and he's got the right guys to team up with he does <laughs> Gurley gets a lot of touches Devontae Freeman gets a lot of touches Martise Jackson every week seems he does something special on special teams I don't know if he's going to count his return yards he is he is, yep. yard. he is. Yep. and yeah it <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna raise some cash and it's all for a good cause so that's awesome Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out Podcast. We start with the Riders winning by, get ready for it, Rouge! <laughs> Friday Night Football, Saskatchewan 18, Ottawa 17. This is the play that really turned the momentum. Your vet from the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Unloads it high, a wobbler. Christian Jones takes it inside his 15, far side, 20, 25, 30, 40, 45. The putter to beat. Christian Jones hits a track base to the Ottawa end zone. The 10, the 5, touchdown, Riders. Christian 
Christian Jones all the way to the house. Hey, maybe they don't need Chad Owens anymore when Christian Jones is returning punts like that. Well, they're not having to. His salary's not counting against the cap, so why not just leave him on the sixth game at this point? Yeah, I I totally (laughs) agree. Kevin Glenn, uh, your favorite quarterback in the league. Easy. How how did he look? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really bad in the first three quarters. Yeah, in the first three quarters. It was not good. I... I don't know about you. I was shocked by Ottawa's performance. They should have won. They were up 17 mm-hmm. to nothing. They had the Riders, who have been playing very good football lately, and they ran the football all over them. I think maybe defenses or offenses have figured this out, that you can run on the Riders. I, I thought maybe Messam was a different story because, well, you know, it's Jerome Messam, but William Powell... 187 yards. He didn't get any touchdowns. For this reason, I really like James Wilder against the Riders this week. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that front seven. Um, you know, it, it they make it tough to throw the ball with the mm-hmm. secondary they have in Saskatchewan right now, but they just can't seem to stop the run, and that'll beat the hell out of your defense all game and make it harder to win football games. And the Riders, they are desperate for a running back. I don't know I don't know why they didn't give the ball to Keenan LaFrance more. We'll see how many carries Trent Richardson gets this upcoming week, but they only ran the ball 14 times for 60 yards. We're seeing the teams winning games lately. They're rushing the ball a lot. 14 for 60 is not going to get it done. No, and you know, before the fourth quarter started, I honestly thought Bridge was going to come in. Um, and that, yeah. that rushing number would have been higher. He's he's athletic enough. He can create plays with his feet. But Kevin Glenn stayed in, and they just kept the same game plan. And I like when when you're down seventeen nothing, um, your game plan is obviously not working because you're not scoring any points. Um, I don't know if rushing the ball would have been the answer. If they would have rushed it more, you know. But you can take pressure off your receivers and off your quarterback because. If you can run that play action, all of a sudden your receivers have a little more room. Corners maybe pinch in a little more, and you can create those big plays. It's harder to create those big plays when you when you the defense doesn't have to buy any play action. And you know, Saskatchewan right now just doesn't run in the ball, and the the offense is. I don't want to say the offense is struggling, but the last two games it, they've scored twenty seven points because they can't run the ball. And I don't know if you cut that halftime interview or after halftime. Oh, my God. Was that great or what? <laughs> Poor Shinetti just asks Chris Jones about, hey, have you thought about switching quarterbacks? And Jones was not having it. <laughs> okay. First off, Shinetti had a really bad night. He did. He dropped that pass <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then the look that Chris Jones gives him. Could have burned a hole through his says, skull. Excuse me? <laughs> I think, I don't know if he didn't actually hear him or if he was trying to intimidate him. Because Shinetti had the both. balls to repeat the question. <laughs> the best part of that interview was Chris Cuthbert after. When he, he, he mentioned, well, looks, looks like Chris Jones might have tore a strip of paint off the dressing room wall with that look. <laughs> Hey, I thought it was a valid question too, Shinetti, so... Oh, that's a great... It, 
Bridge should have been in the game. <laughs> but looking back, yeah, I get it. Kevin, they, we won. Kevin Glenn stayed in the whole game, but Bridge should have been in. Got one, 20 of 34 for 252 with a pick. Like, come on. He's, he did not play well enough to stay in that game. I get it. He's a veteran. you got to let him work through some stuff. But at some point, winning the football game has to take over. And I get it. They won, but they had no business winning this game until the fourth quarter. They played better in the fourth quarter, for sure. And the defense was able to hold, hold Ryan Lindley to 164 yards. Hold Ryan Lindley, I use that term loosely. They not much to hold there. But the way they were running the ball, Ottawa should have won this game handily and I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I don't know if the Riders won this game or if Ottawa lost it, but it Brid I I think Bridge should have been in at least by the fourth quarter. I wonder if this is a bit of a trend with Kevin Glenn. We've seen him get off to some amazing starts in mm-hmm. July August, Labor Day comes, weather cools down. He's either hurt or not playing well. and Or he's 38 years old. So maybe he is worn down. In the Calgary game, I know, I know his hand was banged up, but he was picking himself up off the turf very mm-hmm. slowly, very slowly. So I, I'm, I'm thinking he's a bit beat up. At this point in the season, and the uh, bridge, he probably just has the fresher arm and the fresher legs at this point. And he's a mountain of a man. He's a big boy. Yeah, he is a big guy. Um, yeah, I would have no problem with Bridge getting the starts from here on out. I don't think it'll happen unless something happens to Kevin Glenn. Um, and you know, if the ratio rule was different, it might make a difference, and Bridge would be starting. But the ratio rule is what it is right now, so. We're kind of stuck here. Kevin Glenn's got to be – his lease has to be getting shorter and shorter by some point. You can't keep having these starts and be down 17 nothing and with an anemic pass game. Like, it's going to be we're, – we're into October. It's going to get harder to win football games starting this week yeah. for Saskatchewan. Um, you're going to need to get off to better starts, and if you can't do that, you have to find somebody else who can as mentioned, the Riders did win off of a Rouge. Uh, I saw some people complaining. I put the poll out on the 2 and Out Twitter account. 90% said, yeah, winning with the Rouge is awesome. So that settles it. Uh, it and those happened- 10% probably aren't Canadian. <laughs> it happened with 212 left I'm kidding. Left I'm in kidding. Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? They coached for the Rouge there. They meant oh, to get the Rouge. Totally. Why wouldn't you? If you kick it deep enough and your cover team gets down there, you're going to get a point. The way the defense was playing in that fourth quarter, that's a pretty safe bet. I'd like to see more coaching for the Rouge. I think that this game this game needs more of that. I would love Ottawa should have had three guys back there ready to kick it back, but they didn't. So, well, when I play CFL Frenzy, if I am winning and it's my last possession, I just kick and I don't care where it goes, and I hope I miss it so I get a Rouge. So. <laughs> Somebody does coach for the Rouge. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to talk about the second half of Friday's doubleheader. Calgary smashes Montreal 59-11. Tunde Adelike with a huge return. During his time at Carleton University. Look out as Locke was picked up, and Adelike is going to have some running room here. Tunde Adelike. Look out here. Poor speed and a beat, and Adelike has the 
touchdown of his first CFL season. Uh, this is a kid who was the fastest man at the 2017 CFL Combine, and he flashes that speed right here. When you can go with Roy Finch or Adela Kay, that's pretty scary. Well, I'm pretty sure Calgary's cheating with all these guys they find. I know <laughs> I say that every week, but come on. This is getting ridiculous. No, that, that punt return was something else. Uh, it was. You know, he's obviously been working with Roy Finch a little. Yep. <laughs> I would think. Uh, the master of the head fake. Um, yeah, when you had two options like that, and especially in a, the game, we knew where that game was going to go. Yeah. Um, you didn't want Finch in the whole night. You didn't want Bo Levi in the whole night. You didn't want your big receivers in the entire night. Um, when you can have a guy go in that, you know, he's rel- I wouldn't say he's nobody knows who he is, but he's relatively unknown. If if you don't watch a lot of if you don't watch a lot of football and you kind of just follow the league a little, um, you got a guy that can come in and do that. If he can do that again and again and again, um, I'm not going to say it makes Roy Finch expendable, but they're going to have some decisions to make, and they have to find spots for these guys. I think the story of the game had to be Terry Williams. Jerome Messam had the night mm-hmm. off. Terry Williams gets 16 carries for 156 yards and three touchdowns and was spotted puking on the sideline. <laughs> was he Like I've puked and rallied before. <laughs> but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure at my birthday party when we played the PWM Steelers women's hockey team that my puking was not because of nerves. <laughs> You were puking because you weren't in game shape, weren't it? Weren't you? Well, it, <laughs> let's just say my parents took me out for supper, and then John come to pick me up, and the night went downhill from there. Oh, man. I didn't have helmets or gloves. <laughs> I have to assume that maybe he just wasn't used to the workload, and it was pretty funny because Messa was laughing at him and said, <laughs> oh, look, he's learning fast, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think he'll be working on the cardio this week for sure. A little conditioning <laughs> stint, maybe. I mean, there's not really much to say about this game. Montreal actually did have a few uh, respectable drives, but Bo Levi is looking very ordinary. They could be so much better, but I'm. I mean, fifty nine eleven. He doesn't need. He doesn't need to shoot the lights out right now. Could have been eighty to fourteen. Well, the defense that they have in Calgary. Is yeah. incredible. I will say this: Matt Schiltz looked okay for Montreal, and I'm thinking at this point, <laughs> what do you got to lose? Start him. Yeah, Drew really obviously can't. Well, he can get the job done, not on a consistent basis. He'll a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Um, <laughs> you're if you're Montreal, you are not making the playoffs this year. It's time to start looking at guys. That that's how that they're not they're gonna lose out. Yeah, I, so I can't see them winning in the game. No, so like start looking at guys and decide what you want to do with this team because Darian Durant's gonna be thirty four next year. Drew Willie obviously isn't the starting quarterback in this league anymore. Well, and even when he was, he wasn't the best. Um, you gotta give guys shots and see what they can do. I know there's no pressure. If you're out of the playoffs, but you got to see if guys are capable. So uh, this is the time. 
I know it was late in the game, but Schiltz went eight for ten for seventy-five yards, and I, I'm sure the defense really didn't care at that point. But you know, defensive players. They have this pride to them. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. want to give up touchdowns, especially if the starters are still in. It's a thing of pride for these guys to smash you until the final whistle. So I thought he he had a nice arm, and I think he should be starting. There's, there's really no point for Montreal to start anybody else. Now, I said that this game would probably be the game of the week. Toronto beats Hamilton 43-35 in overtime, but a bad call is lingering over this game. Here's here's the problem. Every coach in the league now is going to take that piece of tape and say, this was ruled pass interference. That little tiny bump as they ran together was ruled pass interference. Not Mark Trestman's fault. He challenged, he took a shot, and he won it. But, again... That's fortunately you have to, only one challenge aside now. But. You have to impede the receiver to the football. Yeah. Twist him, grab him, tackle him, impede him to the football. That was in no way impeding him to the football. Every coach is going to take that piece of tape and say, that's pass interference now, guys. Able inside, tackled by Bear Woods. First call I've seen all year. Okay, I'm done. Okay, you're just getting started. <laughs> Suits fired up. <laughs> Worst call I've seen all year. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point, though. Maybe that's why the league came out with that announcement that they got it wrong. Because they don't want coaches looking to be like, well, that was called in the Toronto-Hamilton game. Why is my guy getting a forearm to the gut 30 yards away from where the ball is intended and it's not called? Because now you're, now, you're now you're starting a snowball effect, right? Yeah. I just feel bad for Tiger Cat fans. They had, you know, a 19 or 11 point lead late in the game. Uh, I, we were walking into the stadium in Edmonton. They had the game on the big screen. And you're thinking, oh, wow, look at that. Hamilton's doing okay. When we left the Eskimo Empire tailgate, Mike looked at, Superfan Mike looked at his phone. And that's when they were up by. Was it 14 at one point, maybe? I'm not sure. But we made the joke, well, I mean, Winnipeg scored 12 points in three in the last two minutes, but, you know, Hamilton doesn't, or Toronto doesn't have Justin Medlock. Right? Ha, ha, ha. We walk in, <laughs> we sit down. I'm still drinking my first beer, and I just happen to look at my phone, and my jaw dropped. <laughs> I was like, what the hell just happened? Like that, Ricky Ray does it again. Yep. Like that, his that final drive was something, something of beauty. For oh, Ricky Ray. And of course, every other there's other plays that that you know get you to that point. But those two passes to Devi or Posey were, ugh, that, that's vintage Ricky Ray. Well, the Tiger Cats had them third and seventeen. Third and seventeen, and the. You should be able to execute that. I know bad call this, bad call that. But third and 17, you got to finish. Yep, that you have to bear down and make a play. You you know where they got to get for the first down. Don't let them get there. You got to rally to the football. You know, you, you don't want to take a penalty because it's automatic first down. 
for defensive penalty on basically everything. Um, but you have to execute, and they didn't, and that's why they lost this football game. There were three 100-yard receivers in the game, Jalen Saunders and Brandon Banks for Hamilton, Devere Posey, the big catches for uh, Toronto. He had 104 yards, seven catches, and two touchdowns, C.J. Gable, 157 yards, and the old fantasy football strategy. Sold high, the Tiger Cats did. But all they did was get two negless players. Uh, so we Wait, have just, no idea who they no are. That makes no sense. I thought, I, I thought you could get at least a Canadian pick out of C.J. Gable. Well, I would I would have thought so. But, like, two weeks ago, they have a running back go for 140 yards. And then this past week, they bench him and put in C.J. Gable. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, here we go again, right? Now Hamilton's going to lose this football game handily because they're not going to be able to run the ball. And they actually gave the ball to C.J. Gable, which was weird. Um, But you mentioned, too, when we were texting back and forth that maybe they liked his blocking a little better or something, or maybe they were actually trying to showcase him before the deadline. The fact that they only got Naglist players is kind of embarrassing, but like you said, (laughs) Eric Tillman loves his Naglists, so... He just, I just see him, you know, looking over his secret list that nobody knows about. But I guess, credit to him, they were revealing players. Like, they did little profiles on Neglis players on online earlier this year. Maybe mm-hmm. we will find out eventually who it was. The second half of the Saturday doubleheader, Winnipeg Blue Bombers stay hot. They beat the Eskimos 28-19. to It was sealed on a Chris Randall interception who's having a phenomenal year. Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Eskimos who've both had a couple of close ones this season. High toss. Look out! This could be ball game. Chris Randall scores. Touchdown Winnipeg! Heck! Six! The steal... And possibly the seal for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I love how Rod Black pauses and tries to come up with a rhyme. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't get me started on Rod Black. That's my favorite part of him. The steal. (laughs) Oh, my God. What do I say? What do I say? And the seal. (laughs) I'm just going to take a letter out and use the exact same word. (laughs) Uh, Darvin Adams. Darvin. was unbelievable. He had the one-handed TD catch. I don't know why people disagreed in the stands with that. That was a clear touchdown to me. It was an unbelievable catch, and he reaches Including the guy in front of us who did not like me at all that night. Yeah, you almost started a fight in the stands. I was wearing a Chris Walby jersey. Is it, have you ref football? No. Well, I have. <laughs> and that's pass interference. No, it's not, but okay. <laughs> yeah, the one on Duke Williams, I think that was a I think that was another wasted challenge. Honestly, I I kind of half expected the headshot to come on Mike Riley next. I'm glad it didn't. But but it would have it would have been a great narrative. Yeah, it, <laughs> it would have been. Darvin Adams is over a thousand yards. I, I saw on Twitter. He said it was the first time having over a thousand yards at any level anywhere. So well done. Darvin Adams, he's still getting better with age. I like that. Your favorite player in the Canadian Football League, Matt Nichols, goes 24-32 for 238 and two touchdowns. Mike Riley, 46 pass attempts 
311 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Trayvon Van gets hurt in this one, so they did really need, uh, I wanted to say Clark Gable, but C.J. Gable. <laughs> <laughs> they did really need C.J. Gable after another running back gets hurt in Edmonton. Yeah, and their running back depth is taking a beating this year. Um, you know, when Van came yeah. back, it was kind of like, okay, it's going to take him a game or two to kind of get back into the swing of things. And, you know, at the right time, um, the way this team was playing, um, you know, just they needed a spark. And I kind of thought Trayvon Van would eventually eventually provide that. You know, early on in the year, is really good. And then gets hurt again on Saturday night. And the injuries keep it, – it's the same name going on to the injured list, but just another one on the pile. Brandon Zilstra was named actually one of the players of the month. He had nine catches, 152 yards. I talked to Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast. He wonders if Darius Bowman is still hurt. He's doing nothing out there. He's basically a decoy for Zilstra. He's basically and Walker. Jay Cutler in the Wildcat. <laughs> doing nothing. Like, yep. Yeah, but, I mean, he's running routes, but he's not. Nobody believes the ball's going to him. He's not accelerating. He's not running no. full Adarius speed at all. So maybe that hammy is still bugging him. And if that's the case, start somebody else. Yeah. He's, if he's not playing the way you want him to play, you're using a roster spot for nothing. You have Darrell Walker. You have Brandon Zilstra. They're gonna. You can put somebody in, and they're going to get good looks because you're going to be focusing on other people. Darius Bowman isn't drawing the defenders like he used to because they're not worried about him right now. Bryant Mitchell is a burner, and uh, I think he deserves uh, to be on the field. I was worried about the Bombers at one point. Andrew Harris goes down right around halftime. He ends up coming back in the game. He was very beat up, and he's... I haven't seen the touches for the season, but he's got to be far and away above anybody else in the league. Uh, catches and rushes included. He had eight carries, 54 yards, the touchdown, and nine catches for 81 yards. That, I think there's a reason why Winnipeg is working Flanders in the offense more and more because Harris is... <laughs> after this season, that guy deserves a long massage, man. And, and a raise. <laughs> without him, without him, are they this good? I don't know. Like, I'm tired of the argument that Matt Nichols is an elite quarterback because he's not. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to throw you under the bus, though. Okay, go is, ahead. Is that Try. okay? <laughs> you wouldn't be the first, and you won't be you, the last. You made a tweet Saturday night saying... I meant in the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with this. I'm going to stop you right now. Because Matt Nichols is tagged in this tweet somehow, and Tyrell ends up saying, how is he not a game manager when his leading receiver is the running back? And in this that guy- particular game. <laughs> and this guy replies, Darvin Adams is the leading receiver genius. And hey, he called liked- me a genius, so obviously I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and who liked the tweet? Matt, the game manager, Nichols. <laughs> well, he knows what he is. <laughs> like, 
He had one one pass that went over 30 yards. And that was the that was a touchdown to Darvin Adams. 30 yards in the air. <laughs> he, he checks down everything. Why do you think that why do you think Andrew Harris had nine catches? Because and because all Matt Nichols does is look around and then ah screw it. He's a checkdown guy. He doesn't he's afraid to take risks. Manages the game. It's what he is. It's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not. It wins football games. That's the way he's got to play. It is what it is. I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback. It's just the style of quarterback that he is. He's not a gunslinger. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's a game manager. Like I'm not insulting him. Everybody takes it as an insult. It's it. It's just the way he plays. It is what it is. Just get over it. Okay, I'm done. Rant over. <laughs> Worst call kinda, of the year. I'm done. <laughs> kind of got a little Johnish there, didn't it? Uh, let's not let's not get carried away. Uh, <laughs> J- Justin Medlock was very unmedlock like. I think people in the stands were shocked. Oh, for three on field goals. He's no longer the most accurate kicker in CFL history. That belongs to Rene Paredes. Oh, good. Just another thing to hear about on Twitter from Stamps fans. <laughs> but no, he's not going to go over three very often. I mean, no, it happens. It's an off night. Um, you know, did manage to get a rouge, which held as the lead at a, on a one nothing game for a good part of the first half. <laughs> which I I wanted the game to end one nothing, but I didn't get my wish. Um, I he'll rebound next week and go four for four with a fifty-five yarder, and we'll forget about this week. <laughs> yeah, that I was shocked at uh, that performance from Medlock, but yeah, I assume he'll be back. Let's talk about our CFL fantasy lineups for the week. Now, I I'm quite happy with my lineup, actually. Let me load it up here. I'm going with Jonathan Jennings. I think the bye week, uh, before the bye against Hamilton, he had a very nice game. They're at home against Ottawa. I think that uh, Jennings will have a nice week, especially for 8500 bucks. Whatever. I'll throw him out there. James Wilder at running back. I think you can run against Saskatchewan. Alex Green for Hamilton, 3500 Can't go wrong with that. Brian Burnham, I like to pair the receiver with the quarterback Greg Ellingson uh Trevor Harris is back if he's not playing I will probably switch him out I got Darvin Adams and I got the Eskimos defense because they are playing Montreal this week was hard for me because I started Buckley last week and I don't want to take all those guys out of my lineup (laughs) that I have as receivers so I kind of have a mishmash right now. It's it's a work in progress as we kind of go along here. I'm going to take another look at it tonight. Um, I've only got $4,600 left, and i got to add a receiver and a defense, but I might just go receiver. Um, okay. I'm going to start Ricky Ray. Uh, I know I said the Saskatchewan defense is really good, especially against the pass. Um, Ricky Ray is just that much better as a quarterback, I think. Uh, I'm going to leave William Powell in. You know, Hopefully we hit pay dirt two weeks in a row. Uh, James Wilder, the Saskatchewan can't stop the run. It's been the last two weeks, hopefully three weeks left, or three weeks in a row now. Um, I do have to add a flex yet, too. i got a lot of work to do on this. I'm trying to do it today, and I just 
couldn't make up my mind because I didn't want to get rid of my three big guys with Zilstra in the lineup. So I, I'm going to take a look at Debbie or Posey. Um, probably not going to go with the defense this week just because it's kind of a crapshoot. You know what? Uh, if you pick the right defense, I wanted two defenses last week. I would have done better, but uh, <laughs> if I could add the stamps and the, the rider this defense, week, this week is a perfect example of why you should be able to pick kickers. Because how agree. many guys? How many guys would have picked Justin Medlock and lost points? Oh yeah, it would have been rough. Yeah, so you know maybe that's something that uh, TSN needs to look at. Let's pick the games. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. And our picks brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. If you get on their website, uh, they have tickets for anything: concerts, CFL games, NHL games. You enter. The promo code poutine, you'll get a few percent off. You'll support two and out in the process. So it does pay to go to seatgiant.ca to grab your tickets. The first game is Friday night football between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Tickets for this on seatgiant.ca start at 32 bucks, my friend. Who are you picking? Bombers win at home. That's what they do. Um, they're they're a better team than Hamilton, just straight up and playing at home. And I don't think it's going to be that close. Yeah, I, 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 I do think it'll be close. Hamilton is competing right now. They're they're having some fun out there right now. But that investors group field crowd, uh, they will make the difference in this one. So I'm picking the Bombers. Who stole the keys? Who stole the keys? Who stole the keys? Okay, I know. <laughs> oh, my God, that is unreal. I love it. I know that Frankie Yankovic is not from Winnipeg, Manitoba, but I had to play that. Well, I mean, there's there's no way he doesn't have relatives there. <laughs> you know what amazes me is the fact you can find Frankie Yankovic on Apple Music. Introducing the king of polka to an entirely new generation, my friend. Parents are going to hate us. <laughs> oh, if, if all of a sudden I hear of just one one kid playing the accordion because of the 2 and Out CFL podcast, I will have done my job. We will know that we have made a difference. <laughs> Argos. And riders, tickets start at nineteen ninety six on SeatGiant.ca. Who are you picking? Uh, you want to look at that again? Because I got tickets starting at twelve bucks in row nine. Okay, <laughs> plenty of good seats available in All Toronto. Right, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> buy some twelve dollars seats Toronto. and move wherever you want. I'm picking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Toronto as well here, actually. Just based off of the rider performance from last year. Or last week. Last week, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember last year, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and if James James Wilder is James Wilder, he's going to run for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So the defense is going to be able to stop him. So, yeah, it, this, is, this is the Argos game to lose. We agree. This is weird.
Jim Cuddy and Blue Rodeo formed Unreal in Toronto. Pole, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do that one. We are on to BC and Ottawa. I find this one very interesting, actually. Who are you picking? Um, I'm going to take the Lions uh, for one reason. It is a three-hour time difference, and that's going to come into play. And I... There, it, I, it, <laughs> I don't think neither team is going to shoot the lights out. I just think I think BC grinds out a win at home. Yeah, I got the Lions too. Tickets starting right around forty bucks on SeatGiant.ca. Again, use the promo code Poutine. I go in BC. Dug in the slugs, man. If you don't know what that song is about, you may be a little sheltered. <laughs> Takes a little longer. Gonna, I, I could be Doug. And if we had a Doug in the Slugs cover band, I would be a good Doug, I think. Well, then what would I do? <laughs> <laughs> you can play the accordion. Oh, yeah, I could be the next Frankie Yankovic. <laughs> it's the Thanksgiving classic. The Montreal Alouettes, the Edmonton Eskimos. So while you're having a turkey hangover, or maybe you can go to the game. 16 boxes where tickets start on SeatGiant.ca. There is no way the Eskimos go 7-0 and and then 7-7, seven and seven, right? Absolutely not. If they lose... To the Alouettes, I will eat Whoops. my socks. Oh, that might make me change my pick. <laughs> no, I can't. I know. I know it's uh, the time. The time difference. Uh, Monday game. Monday games are just weird to me. Um, but I, I still think Edmonton goes in. Montreal's a terrible football team right now. They got nothing going right for them. Um, I taking the Eskimos, but it'll be close. And that does it for episode 82 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Thank you for being a reliable co-host, Brazilian Ty. <laughs> I'm more reliable than my father. <laughs> but that that's that's a story for another podcast. Am I allowed to laugh at that? Absolutely. Everybody <laughs> else does. <laughs> Except for him, because he's never here. I don't know. I feel like I should buy you some roses or something. You could you could just play catch with me. <laughs> like he never did. Okay, this is getting dark. I'm sorry. I want to give you a hug. That's <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll manage. Okay. NHL starts tonight, so we got something to watch. You'll game manage. See what I did there? That was yeah. bad. Let's yeah, just is that your attempt at a at a dad joke? It's well, it's well. No, that means well, it was not a well successful <laughs> dad joke. Then you can follow and like on Facebook and Twitter at Two and Out CFL. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We shall talk to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving! Thanks for listening. 
Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.